I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu, and this is our latest episode where we look at some of the most recent news stories from the world of film and television. In today's show, Hollywood shuts down amid the writers and actors strike. Wolverine wears yellow. Superman Legacy's cast grows. The younger days of the Candyman are explored in the first trailer for Wonka. Mattel want to make all of the movies and Mr. and Mrs. Smith are back. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. So, Luke, how about you kick things off? What is our first movie topic? We've had our first look at Ryan Reynolds in Hugh Jackman, suited up as Deadpool and Wolverine in Deadpool 3. This blew my mind. It's what we all hoped. Mustard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we were all hoping for, and we get it. And just the way that we first got to see this image, it was Ryan Reynolds posting on Instagram but only on his stories, which is a low-res image. So mm. all the news outlets were circulating this low-res image that, again, not his main Instagram page, just his stories. Great bit of marketing by him, got people interested. And then when they finally released the, the high-res version whether it was Marvel or the Deadpool social media page, Instagram, Facebook, all of that, they just had the line now in Hugh Res. Perfect. Amazing. <laughs> really, <laughs> I really do... enjoyed that. <laughs> I mean, with with Wolverine, the Wolverine characters in live action through X-Men films and beyond and all of that, you know, it's always been sort of like, hey, this take on this character, the best way that it's worked has been you know, not having him wear the yellow spandex. It's been, you know, whether it's jeans and a tank top or a vest or something, or the you know the combat gear, you know, the black X Men sort of things like from the those first early films, and it's always been something like that, leather jacket, something. This works. Now I've always thought in my mind, I'm like yellow spandex. It it just couldn't happen. Not with this. Not with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. It just couldn't. But this, you know, a combat gear. Even though it's yellow, but you still got the blue, it works. The it's colors like are there. I yeah, him, I can see him wearing it, and not. I mean, this still might be a case of like, why is it yellow? Like it's you know, I wouldn't be caught dead. And I could see some sort of exchange, but still reluctantly put it on. But it's not silly enough that it's just it breaks the character. This but it's also really a Deadpool movie that this costume is first appearing. I, I which think that is, I think that which helps. is perfect. I mean, you mentioned, you know, going back to that first X-Men movie, 2000. I mean, The Matrix had just happened in 99. Black leather. Yeah. It was. It was was everywhere. And there's that gag. You know, Wolverine says to Cyclops, you actually got side of these things. And Cyclops replies, what would you prefer, yellow spandex? What Mm. was a joke in 2000? has made so many people happy. Now, when I saw the image of them standing side by side, it's like, wow, that looks amazing. I am so satisfied. And then quickly people are commenting online, but where's the mask? And I'm like, do you know what? 
be happy with what we've got so far. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we get the mask and maybe we don't. And if we don't, I would be okay with that. But they probably will, even if it's just a case of, remember Batgirl, 1997, Batman and Robin, and the mask for like Alicia Silverstone. Minutes, yeah. yeah, yeah, she quickly threw it away. <laughs> maybe they'll do something like that. He tries on the mask. Hey, she has nice hair. Let her have her hair out. That's what I always say. That's <laughs> um, that's it. But I mean, that was the that was the only news. Now, on the back of getting this this image, we also saw a behind the scenes image, which I shared with you. But I said, "Hey, this could be a spoiler. Do you want you, to share yeah, it with you?" Yeah. I did. The image is of a destroyed 20th Century Fox logo, and I'm like, "Wow, that is that is perfect." I mean, whether that's the transition from the X-Men films, the Fox films to the MCU or however they're going to do it, like the, the story, whatever. But like it I could just it be fun. a background gag with a whole bunch of other destruction sort of taking place, but then that's there as well. Or maybe it is a central part of the story or the beginning of it. And, and again, could we don't be. know how this is tying in. Lots of speculation. Is there like time travel shenanigans is the tva involved is it you know like miss minutes is it, or is, yeah. it, is it purely just universe hopping and there's a throwaway gag is there an evil deadpool that you know deadpool kills the marvel universe is there something or like, oh, the marvel fox universe? is it are they doing something like that who knows but an image like that is like yes they know what they're doing here they it got me excited and lean into the meta humor <laughs> like they have done so far in the best way. Absolutely. And talking Fox, part of the Disney family. It he is. The talking Fox. Ahead of this image, it was announced Jennifer Garner will reprise her role as Electra. Of course, first seen in the 2003 Daredevil movie alongside Ben Affleck before getting her own solo movie which still blows my mind 2005 it's the year that marvel gave us electra and dc gave us batman begins they both happened in the same in the same year but she's coming back and again we're talking about the destroyed 20th century fox logo she could be in the beginning of the movie and there's rumors (laughs) about other characters coming back you know whether it's you know daredevil ben affleck he could be back but it could just be the opening and it could just be quick gags i mean who knows but the fact that they announced garner is coming back i live in hope for like nick cage ghost rider i mean i know that's sony but who knows who knows what what they're gonna do i mean look if if there was someone to rally let's call it rally the troops you know, whisper in people's ear and convince them to show up for a day and, you know, just have fun, bring back an old character they used to play and poke fun at, at that time in their lives when they were doing that. Like, it's Ryan Reynolds. He's the man to do it. He's He's got the charm and the, you know, I'm sure it'll make it worthwhile for, for everyone. Probably, you know, just give him something. I don't know. Does he still have that? Gin company is that? Is he still part of that? Give him some Do you gin. know what? He, I know, in, he might have sold that off. <laughs> no, no, he hasn't. Right? It's interesting. You bring that up. Aviation gin. So you know, I said that yeah. the first time that he he released the image, it was on his Instagram stories. It was the second image. You had to first see the first image, which was an ad for Aviation Gym. Right. He knows what he's doing. He stuck it in there. But he's look, a business I think- man. 
I want to be a dreamer, and I'm thinking, at a at a minimum, even if it's just let give me the the equivalent of a like an Avengers Marvel crossover with all of the 20th Century Fox Marvel characters. Like, give us a Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Elektra. But I mean, just to boost it out a little bit more, you know, throw in New Line's Blade, throw in Sony's Ghost Rider. Why the hell not? That whole era of the Do you know what? Films, let's let's go for it. it. Give us and Lee's Hulk. Why not? Yes, go for it. I mean, it purely can, it can just be one hundred percent CGI. It doesn't matter. Like you don't <laughs> have to get Eric Banner back. It would be nice. But... It would be nice. You know, one more <laughs> easy, thing. Easy on... to do. <laughs> one more thing on Deadpool three. It is one of the first major productions to pause filming amid the actor strike, and its May two thousand twenty four release date could be pushed back depending on how long the actors and writers strikes last. I wanted to. Acknowledge that obviously that is uh, a thing that is that is happening. We don't have to get too bogged down with it, um, but I thought I'll link it with Deadpool three as it's a, a story that I knew we'd spend quite a bit of time mm. talking about. Yeah, I mean, again, just touching briefly on, I mean, obviously, terrible circumstances for Hollywood for for actors, writers, everyone involved in the movie production business, um, and fans, and you know, people that want to watch movies and TV shows and all that kind of stuff. I'm hoping, you know, this is the first time in six years that both the writers and and the Screen Actors Guild have been on strike. I don't see this playing out for too long. I think they'll get this all tidied up pretty soon because it is such a big impact. So addressed, hopefully all things that they need to get sorted will get sorted because there's a few things that uh, you know need to be addressed. Pay, AI stuff, residuals using bloody extras in perpetuity without any sort of legal backing. But yeah, ridiculous. Just oh, it's, that's yeah. all. It's very it's layered. There's a lot going on. Absolutely. All right. But let's keep on with just talking movie stuff. And hopefully all these movies still get to be made. And uh, <laughs> Hollywood doesn't crash and burn like that 20th century logo. Superman Legacy's cast is growing. We've got... This is bonkers, man. We've got Nathan Fillion playing Green Lantern, uh, the Guy Gardner version. Um, Isabella uh, Merced as Hawk Girl and Eddie Gethegi as Mr. Terrific. I mean, man, we've got Dora the Explorer herself as Hawk Girl blowing my mind. Now, she's a delightful <laughs> um, young actress. Uh, yeah, this is it, it's good. And just to throw it in there, Nathan Fillion will have the bowl cut. <laughs> which is good. Yeah, and and the, the quote that goes with that, and this was James Gunn, giving my old pal Nate a bowl cut may have been my primary reason for casting him, which is pretty, it's, which is pretty hilarious. Pretty good, but I mean, like, this is exciting. I mean, we could go into like the why these particular actors were chosen for these characters, etc. But I think the bigger picture here is what this casting tells us about not just this movie but you know the the new dc universe sort of going forward like we're very much gonna be getting because we know we're getting a a young ish sort of superman early days of his superman career but it's clearly going to be established that he's living in a in a superhero world like you know 
yeah. Green Lantern Corps exists. Um, I'm assuming presence is known, like at least with, with, you know, Green Lantern exists. Hawk Girls flying around doing stuff. Uh, and Mr. Terrific's doing his thing. So this really is painting a bigger picture of what we are to expect in it. Yeah, and not and just we're that. really going to get the dualities of, you know, Superman as Clark Kent, the human. That's it. You've, versus the that's, superhero world. You've hit the nail on the head, right? Because you've got Clark Kent, his world is Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. Superman's world is, whether it's the Justice League, whether or not they're formed yet, but it is Green Lantern. It's Mr. Terrific. Like, you know, Batman isn't necessarily in this movie, but that's part of his world. Like, he's got, he lives two different lives. So it does make sense that they would be in this movie. And there's another character that's been added as well. Anthony Carrigan, fresh off an Emmy nomination for his standout work in HBO's Barry. He's been cast as Metamorpho, a.k.a. archaeologist turned hero Rex Mason. So some people have got very confused and a little bit annoyed with this Superman movie. Now, we know it's not going to be an origin movie. And usually Superman is one of the first superheroes, if not the first, whether it's comics, film, whatever it may be. And he inspires other heroes. It's already a world with superheroes, costumed characters running, flying around, and then Superman comes onto the scene. So that is a different approach with that character, but I like it being a lived-in DC universe already. And, you know, people are like, but it's a Superman movie. Why is Hawk Girl in it? Why is Green Lantern in it? You know, as recent as this past weekend, I bought a Superman annual from 1984, and I bought it because it's one of the first Superman comic books that I read in the UK. We didn't get access to comic books like they had in the US. So it would just be like an annual, like however many stories packed together. The cover of the annual is one character only, it's Superman. But as soon as you open it up, the first adventure, guest starring Hawk Girl. The last story in the annual, Green Lantern. So there you go. It is a Superman annual, but people are questioning with this movie, why Hawk Girl? Why Green Lantern? They shouldn't be in a Superman movie. But anyway, I'm excited. Well, it's also established for, for this. Like I said, like the Green Lantern. I can't remember what, like, uh, depending on which version of Hawker, but it, there's a sort of, there's a civilization or a something, whatever the hell they are. I'm not uh, Hawk Girl. Them, are you talking yeah. about Planet Thanagar? I believe. That's the are. one. Yeah, I couldn't remember the, the <laughs> species or whatever. But I mean, and I'm assuming, you know, like, I'm sure they're saving it, but it's like, you know, Themyscira is going to be in existence. You know, we're getting all these other... Well, it's going to be... Yeah, it is DC Universe. Like, yeah, it's, it's the, universe. the DC Universe. So all the worlds and are the, out there. These characters might be in the movie for like five minutes. Like, that's it. And it just to establish that it's... Or maybe there is a little bit more to them. Who knows? But movie go back... Go back to yes. We just know these characters' names. But go back to what Gunnar said previously. Whoever's been cast, film, TV, animation, video games, these are the actors. So you got to think like you know, it's whoever's been cast in this film, just like whoever's casting whatever else they're working on, whether it's the animated series Creature Commandos, whether they appear in live action first or 
animation first, cross media. That's it. They're the cast. Very, very interesting. Timothy Chalamet is Willy Wonka in the first trailer for Wonka. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I just I just don't know. I mean, I'm going to start by saying this. He's no Gene Wilder, is he? And I know that that was a interpretation, and this is another one, but he's most people's go-to. I mean, I don't think many people had first drawn a comparison between Timothy Chalamet and Johnny Depp. <laughs> You're going to think Gene Wilder. Yeah, I mean, what they're... It looks like what they're drawing more inspiration from in connection to is the Gene Wilder, you know, that Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory film rather than Tim Burton's Johnny Depp, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which how long has that been? Has that been like almost 20 years now? Oh, I feel. Oh, mate. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, look, I mean, when I first watched the first time I, I watched this trailer twice and I'll admit the first time I watched it, by the end of it, I was like, look. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I think I expected more or something. But having said that, I watched it again. I felt better about it to the point where I'm like, no, do you know what? I like what they're doing. I noticed more like the music that they're using, they're drawing from, again, that Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka film, um, you know, the, the, the design, the look of the Oompa Loompa and we... <laughs> Oh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant as an umpire. I was going to say, like the, the design. What the? What? <laughs> you say the no, design. I mean, it's orange. No, I mean, Hugh Grant with green hair. But I mean, hey, yeah. it looks like an umpire I mean, is doing the song. <laughs> it's the. It's the. I mean, like the look and the costume is the, is, even though they're sort of doing it differently, but it's the same look from again that Willy Wonka film. You compare yes. it to the Johnny Depp one. You know, it, it was that same actor <laughs> like just that was a different thing. it was a, yeah. a very yeah exactly but so everything they're doing seems to be connected some of the dialogue you know like the scratch that reverse it's it's that gene wilder version i know but it, i know but it, depending it, on how heavy they yeah. went into it but i think if they were to do it one way or the other i mean i really love that gene wilder willy wonka film so of i mean of course it's pain, a stone cold Classic, but don't Classic. reference if it too much, though. Hopefully, the trailer yeah, are really they... putting emphasis on that Gene Wilder movie. And when you see the film, it isn't. And the and the using people's nostalgia or love of the Gene Wilder to one, draw, yeah, to, to, suck yeah, to be in, drawn like, in. Like yes. What, what I'm hoping. Oh, I, I don't know. Enough the... to... Yeah. I'm hoping that there's enough to make me go like, yes, it's the same guy, and it's connected to that movie and i love it and it's great and this is the origin story to that awesome i can see i can see where this is going but i'm also hoping that because it's such a younger version of that character and i can already see in this in this trailer that it seems to be still quite a different character but in a way that it's like he could grow he can become disenchanted he can yeah, become yeah. bitter and well he'd have to you know, yeah like, locked away to lead into that gene wilder version so i'm like cool so this can still be its own thing with the ability to evolve into that and i'm like cool so we get something different still familiar still lots of homages and uh, you know just very strong connections but like you said yeah you i don't want it to be just full-on like just too heavy and and just for the sake of it but 
but there, there's some charm to it, you know. Like there the is charm setting, to it. The world, the, the English Paddington. Yes, I was going to say. Fantastic film. Just Paul so King. Fantastic. Not just Paddington. Paddington 2, which manages to be better than Paddington. And Paddington was great. But it's Paul King, yes. Instead of directing Paddington 3, he has made this film instead. The world looks great. Um, he's made this movie instead. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's literally it. He because he wanted to do this instead. But the opening, when you've got Wonka, Timothy Chalamet, and he's giving that quirky delivery, I just can't help but think that he's not going as big as he thinks he is. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I think maybe mm. he thinks he's going. I mean, there's quirkiness in his performance, and as the trailer progresses, you, you do get more of that. It, it's just going to be difficult not to make those comparisons, but the world looks great. Hugh Grant as an umpa I mean, we've talked about Hugh Grant a couple of times recently, and he's just living his best <laughs> life at the moment. He's like, just doing fun. Do you know what? Hugh Grant, he's doing fun stuff. he used to be the guy that did a certain thing and did well. And he kept getting hired to do that same thing or slight variations on that same thing. And not anymore. Like whether it's Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, uh, this, and there's other examples, but he's just having a blast. So it's really fun, fun seeing him here. And you do see some familiar faces from the Paddington movies, like Sally Hawkins, like you see her in this. Tom Davis, you see him. Of course, Hugh Grant was in Paddington too. So Tom King obviously likes, not Tom King, why Paul King, Paul King, Paul Tom King, King he's a comic <laughs> guy. Paul King obviously likes working with the same cast. But yeah, I mean, this is only the first trailer. We'll see what happens with that second. And no doubt Christmas, we'll watch it anyway. And like I said, but watching it for the second time, I'm like, you know, it's won me over to the point where I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I get what they're doing and I like it. And yeah. I'm hopeful. But we got another trailer as well. Um, a sequel to one of the worst spin-offs from this franchise. I hated The Nun. Like that. I just I just did not like that movie. It's like the it's worst. It's not the best. I think it's the yeah. worst. Um, is there another one that's worse? Doesn't matter. The Nun's pretty bad. No, I think that's it is. I, no, I, I think The Nun <laughs> like, no, is the worst is. one. <laughs> Commit to it. Standing by. But um, Tysa Formiga is bad. And look, I do love her. She's, she's delightful, but she's She's back. She's waging a holy war on Valak. Also back from the from that first film in the first trailer for The Nun Two. This is the latest film in the Conjuring horror franchise. Having said all that about my feelings towards The Nun, you know it it feels good to kind of get back into the Conjuring universe again. Yeah, you know, and it looks decent. Sucked me in. It looks okay. (laughs) It It looks looks pretty creepy. It looks decent. I kind of was pissed off with myself finishing this trailer, being like. Damn it, that looks okay. You know, it looks pretty. Ah, it looks creepy. Like, with the conjuring, yeah. with the conjuring universe, I'm a little bit confused about the curse of La Llorona <laughs> or the curse the of the weeping woman, as it's called right. here in Australia, because it is a conjuring universe film, but it kind of they didn't advertise it that way to begin with. But then you do have that crossover with the same actor playing the priest who appears in multiple movies, like he's in an Annabelle movie, is in Curse of La Llorona. But whenever you look at bundles, whether it's like Blu-ray or DVD box sets, or even like on Apple movies, they'll have a conjuring bundle. And it's like the complete collection, all films. 
they don't include the curse of Lalorona. It's really confusing. So it's almost like it's a adjacent conjuring film. It's not it necessarily wasn't, it wasn't a spin-off. Distributed by a different studio or something, was it? Like because I mean, New Line. Nope, they are all oh, New Line. All what New man. Line. But again, it was almost like a covert conjuring <laughs> spin-off film. Because again, they didn't yeah. advertise it that way to begin with. But as you're watching, you're like, hang on a minute. That's the priest from the Annabelle movie. But anyway. But this movie, oh, yeah, this so one, it's, it it looks fun. But they're doing that thing where there's like an image on a wall or images and it looks like it's Valak and then you turn away and you look back and she's there. We've seen that before in The Conjuring 2. Was it The Conjuring I mean, it's 2? All the it's same. hard to It's all the back. same shit. It's, um, look, the the Conjuring movies themselves, like, like they were doing some, some innovative stuff with horror. They were doing some cool stuff. The spin-offs. Including the Annabelle movies, and which I do say they got better. The Annabelle creation's good. Like, I really like creation. Yeah, I, I know. I like the third one. You know, it was you know the teenage girls like in the house, and it was it involved the the Warrens a little bit more. Well, that was I felt like those movies yeah. increased, like, and that was ahead that was like, of. We got that before the Conjuring three, didn't we? So that we did, ca- yeah, that yeah. was like Conjuring two point five. Two point five. Yeah. So I reckon they. Increased. But even then, the the spinoff movies have always been more like traditional horror where it's like you know gimmicky and jump scares and you know the traditional horror cliches that you get like you said there's that image there and then it's like nope suddenly yeah really there ah, loud noises still fun but they've always been more like that where the conjurings have except for then the third one a little bit of it anyway yeah yeah third one do you know what i think the third one would have been better if they called it the conjuring three that's where they went wrong <laughs> the problem was the title. No, if the movie was, I I say it again. If it was just a court case movie and it was just like intellectual conversation about, hey, we pretty much have to prove that the supernatural, that demons are real, to save this person. <sighs> Different movie. Do I have a movie for you? The Exorcism of Exorcism Emily Rose. of Emily Rose. I know <laughs> they made that movie. The third Conjuring oh, film. Before the opening title sequence with the boy, the waterbed, that's a great opening to a movie. And Ooh, then yes. the rest of the film happens. But anyway. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it has some moments. Yeah, it has good moments. All right. So we've got a we've got some smaller stories that we'll we'll churn through now. What have we got? <laughs> well, I hope you're sitting down for this. Mattel has 45 movies in development based on their toys after Barbie. Now, of course, Barbie is the big Warner Brothers movie I've seen. You've not yet seen it. But um, to think of that, and I'll wait until we do our review to give my thoughts on Barbie. But to think that is the first one. And they've got 45 more movies ready to go. I'm like... What do Mattel have? Like what? What else <laughs> do they actually, have? If you actually look up, like what what brands do Mattel have attached to them? Like there is a huge, I mean, like forty five. Like there is a huge list of things from like Masters of the Universe to you know, I think I'm pretty sure even Pingu, like bloody. I mean, to be honest, I do like, know. There's all board games. <laughs> oh, no. I do know. I do know Massive Universe. I'll purposely not mention that until our next news story. But yes. to be honest, though, I mean, 45. I mean, 
we we know. I mean, we can predict Barbie's going to be huge. It, I mean, I went to the premiere and yeah, this the biggest premiere I've ever been invited to, and it's going to be it's going to be a big movie for Warner Brothers for Mattel, but just for them to say we've got forty four movies or forty five even forty five movies <laughs> in development. I mean, that is such a high number. I mean. I mean no, they- they're not an active event. I think this is what they're saying. I don't think they're saying, you know, like go back to like the Universal Monsters thing where it was like, hey, look, we've got this movie um, and we've also got the 10 other movies in the universe planned. These are actors. We're doing the photo shoot. Javier Bardem is like, I don't know what he was, the Invisible Man or some shit. Or was that Johnny Depp? Who cares? Doesn't matter. I think this is more a case of, hey, we're Mattel and we're entering the movie business. We've got properties that we want to develop into films. This is us saying that this is us saying that we're here and we're going to start doing that. That's what all I think. This is. I don't think they literally have like, hey, we've got a Hot Wheels movie coming. We've got a oh, they you know, probably do. Coming. That's you know what? That's a good one. That's you know going to be for Barney. Barney falls under that. Bob the Builder. You know, there's there's things here, man. Like there's oh, Chatterphone. <laughs> Okay, okay, yeah. I just realized you're literally yeah. reading off a list now. <laughs> I'm reading a list. Fine and Sam. Come on, let's do this. They've got stuff here. I mean, look like Jurassic no, no, no hang on, hang on. This would be hang on. This would be the now, boys. Magic Eight Ball, Magic Eight Ball, the movie. <laughs> what are you saying they've got something here? I mean, again, Minecraft? Oh, Monster High. All oh, right, I think that's right. Here we go. We've got stuff. I mean, nothing's I mean, exciting me here. Would just be a lot of stuff would be like these are the toy brands that they're able to make the toys of. They wouldn't have movie rights to, but there'd be Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Oh, they already made that with Hugh Jackman, didn't they? That was pretty much a Rock'em Sock'em Robot. They'll steal. But anyway, let's let's um, <laughs> let's have you stop just reading a list. <laughs> it's a good list. <laughs> so Mattel, right? Mattel. We know Masters of the Universe. So Mattel have got big plans for their toys after Barbie. What's happening with Masters of the Universe? Well, the live-action Masters of the Universe movie dead. Brilliant. <laughs> Budget concerns. They say right. um, so they're off okay. to a good start. This will not be number two. Um, Mattel does hope to find a new home for the project um, and their other. Or would it be 43 films? <laughs> well, again, if Barbie goes well for Warner Brothers, that could be the new home of Mattel and Masters of the Universe. Look back at the movie they made with Dolph Lundgren in the late 80s. They I try not based <laughs> most of that movie on Earth because it was cheaper to do so. Anyway. 100%. <laughs> uh, I mean, wow, Mattel. Let's, um, let's wait and see. Benedict Cumberbatch confirms he will suit up as Doctor Strange next year to shoot new scenes for a Marvel movie. Because there we go. Without Tony Stark, no Robert Downey Jr., we got Doctor Strange. And he's going to be suiting up once again (laughs) at some point in some film. Could be a could be a quick little scene. It could be, I mean, could he be referring to Doctor Strange 3? Who knows? It doesn't sound like it. It does sound more like a hey, a popping appearance, or maybe he'll feature heavily in someone else's movie. You know, there's a bit of story left to tell with him, but we'll see. Um, Paramount Plus has released a first look or first look photos for the upcoming prequel 
Pet Cemetery Bloodline. Now, this is like a prequel that's coming to streaming October 6th, just in time for Halloween. Good month for a little horror. But I've got to say this that Pet Cemetery movie that this is apparently a prequel to, horrible. I hated it. it yeah, crazy. no, me too. So that was what, 2000, <laughs> I think it was 2019, that movie. Was it? This is a prequel to that. And honestly, until yesterday, I didn't even know this existed. I didn't even know it was a thing that was that was mm. coming. It sounds like the kind of movie back in the day that would go direct to VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, but streaming. A streaming original film. I have Paramount Plus. I believe you have Paramount Plus. Stay yeah, tuned for our review, maybe. <laughs> There's always a chance that this could be something decent. And I might go, wow, isn't it crazy how the, the director streaming prequel to that shitty Pet Cemetery movie was better? But you know what? What I, this I movie has, <laughs> what this movie has that the other one didn't, David Duchovny. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm interested, um, but honestly, just caught me by surprise. I'm seeing a poster, I'm seeing photos for a thing that I never knew existed. Well, that's it for our movie news. We've just got a few TV stories that we'll get through. So, what have we got? A new DC animated series, Beast Boy Lone Wolf, is in the works at Hanna Barbara Studios. The series consists of 10 shorts and a concept suggests that it's going to have a very different appeal than Teen Titans Go with a more or more of a action edge. Got to be honest. More in line with Teen Titans rather than Teen Titans Go, I guess. You know, like kind of. Yeah, or maybe Young Justice. But anyway, regardless, this, this news has been out for a little bit. I missed it completely. Missed it completely. We've talked about other um, new... He's talking about old news, yes. <laughs> but we've talked about other like, recent DC animated shows like My Adventures with Superman, but this is one that just passed me by. Um, but worth noting, but there we go. So it's a Beast Boy 10-part animated series. And what I find really interesting, Hanna-Barbera. So there we go. We've not had much from them you know, with superheroes in, in a while. I mean, obviously, of course, you've got that like, Space Ghost, but it's been a while since mm-hmm. they've done anything with that. It's um, worth 30. I mean, obviously, it's it's saying 10 shorts, um, which is, um, you know, you, you see things like, you know, like when they do like DC Superhero Girls, and that, that started as, as shorts, and then they eventually went into longer sort of episodes sort of thing. So, yeah, there could be a potential that this does turn into something bigger. Or it could be it's just is what it is, and that's it done. <laughs> or it could be like what Warner Brothers have done before when they put out a couple of shorts, whether it was Vixen or Deathstroke, and then oh, they right. repackaged them as like a feature length thing. Maybe they could do that, or a, still a short feature, <laughs> like 40 minutes or something, however it all adds up. But yeah, all right, keep an eye out for it. Um, Here's something, it's a bit of a TV trailer in a way, sort of, very short. But um, we've got our first look at Donald Glover and Maya Erskine in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So this is the uh, the new series, a little remake of that, of that movie, streaming this November. 
on Prime Video. How long was this little teaser thing? 40 seconds? 20 seconds? Maybe. Yeah, maybe 20. Like, it is... I didn't look at the timestamp when I clicked <laughs> on it. I thought there was no the time. video just cut. <laughs> there was no the time. What happened? I click on something? What? It's very quick. Very, very quick. And then it ends with Mr. and Mrs. Smith having a conversation, Donald Glover, and... This was going to be something different. Like he's got a new co-star now, but it was going to be him and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and that classic. She left for creative differences or whatever it was at the time. Too busy with Indiana Jones, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, but it was going to be those two. But yeah, it's a very quick first look. I mean, going back to Community, Charles Gambino, his music career, and you know. I like Donald Glover, so I'm interested. Um, but it's interesting that it was such a quick teaser, such a quick teaser. I mean, it's almost like it's a TV spot or a TV show. <laughs> They're not normally this quick, anyway. No, it, it is strange, but it's Look, I'm interested though. I'm interested. It's not enough. I have Prime. I don't currently have plans for November, so I'll watch it. I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> and we've got another teaser. This one's a little bit longer for The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. The teaser shows Norman Reedus facing off against a nun with a hot poker. This is quite short as well, but I guess, you know, it's teaser, TV. This spot. was the 40 second one. I think Mr. and Mrs. Smith was like 20 seconds. So I think this was still short, but longer. <laughs> short, but longer. Yeah. And We're talking you about know. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> you know, Walking Dead. I've not watched it for years. And just looking at where these shows are streaming, they're all over the place. Yeah. And for us here in Australia, the main show, The Walking Dead, is on binge. This one is going to be on Stan, which is where you can also watch, is it Dead City? The yeah. Negan. The Negan. Yeah. Show. That's the one. That's Stan. Yeah. But then Worlds Apart, that was somewhere else, wasn't it? Was that Prime? That was on, that was on Prime. Um, and there's another and, one, Tales well, the fear, of the Walking Dead. Well, Tales of the Walking Dead is only on like the AMC channel that you have to get as an add-on to Prime or something. Come on, unless guys. That's unless you just use piracy. <laughs> to get, we don't have it in Australia. Oh, really? Um, oh, we don't even have it. Walking... I didn't unless know that. You, well, you have to get that AMC channel. That's the only way to get it legally. So I haven't watched oh, it. That's so ridiculous. there could be some gems of a because it's an anthology series, Alan. So it could could be some gems there. But um, it, yeah, and then Fear the Walking Dead. I think that might be on Stan, but that could be on binge. I don't know. But you're right; they're all over the place. Either way, I've watched the main show. It's done, and I've I've been watching Dead City. And I will say, look, this. What's what's good about these? Because the spin-offs that we've had before, like World Beyond, uh, Fear, like it's all kind of samey, samey. It's the same kind of world we're in, you know, out and about, same sort of parts of America, you know, like Dead City, at least they're changing up the setting. So we get a lot more, you know, like in well, they're in New York. It's it's all that kind of thing. You get to see New York sort of all dilapidated and they're in buildings and there's lots of other creepy things going on with this daryl the daryl dixon show like 
he's in France, in, across Europe and stuff. So again, suddenly it's a big change. I'll say that the Dead City show, like, there's been some fun in the episodes, but I just watched the most recent one, the second last episode of this six-part little series, season, whatever it is. I was, I was just like, what are we even watching? Like, what is happening? It's no, it's just garbage. But again, like looking at this Daryl show, look, Daryl's a cool character that people like, big, big fan favorite. And it's a different setting. That's the only thing that's got me hooked. It's about Daryl and it's somewhere else. Cool. I'll check it out. Might hate it. I'll churn through just because completionist. But I mean, if it's really bad, I'll be out. I'll be out. Like, but well, that's it's a point of difference, isn't it? That yeah, see, it's folks on Daryl, but is in is in Europe, which was the yeah. whole thing. That because originally it was announced as Daryl and Carol. But the actress that played Carol didn't want to be away from her family in the US and spend that much time shooting in Europe. So she wasn't going to be in it. But now we know she is. Not as a main character like Daryl will be, but Carol is going to feature in it at some point. I've just had a quick look. Apparently, maybe. Had a quick look. Apparently, Tales of the Walking Dead is currently available for free on Prime Video. But I know you were saying before that there's. AMC Plus. It could have been a recent thing, but I'm having a look. You can stream it, AMC Plus, but then as a separate category, apparently you can watch it for free as part of your standard Prime subscription. I mean, I'll do a quick check to uh, just just so we know. Tales of the... Oh, God, it's all too hard. I can't type. Okay, well, maybe we could just... Maybe we'll continue with the show and you you have a look later. But apparently it is available. So again, it could have been a recent thing that's um that's changed. I mean, there is an option for Prime where you can set it so you can only it only shows yeah. you Prime content. But I do miss the days where that's all it was anyway. Whereas now you can see something, oh that looks pretty cool. You've got to rent it. Oh, it looks pretty cool. It's on a sub streamer that you don't have anyway. We've complained about that before. <laughs> so, well, that's it for our news. But we're done. We've just got some recommends. And what have you got for us? I'm going to recommend something that I was kind of interested in, but then somebody recommended it to me. I thought, well, it's on Netflix. It's a five-part docu-series. I'll check it out. And episode one, I was hooked. I'm talking about... Muscles and Mayhem, an unauthorized story of American gladiators. It is a look at the success of the stunt-filled 1990s TV series American Gladiators and why it almost ended before it began. This show is gripping. like, And you're getting to spend time with all these American gladiators. And I've got to be honest, I grew up on the UK version in the 90s. Loved it. You had Wolf, Hunter, Jet, all these guys. But it's interesting to go back, watch this and where it all began. And we've got, now again, I didn't watch American Gladiators. So I'm being introduced to these characters as I'm watching it. But we've got people like Nitro, Storm, Laser, Ice, Zap, Sky, Tower. I mean, the names are incredible. But it's, what are you even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting though, because it's like it didn't exist until then. There's been shows like Gladiators since then. And 
again, it's only five parts. And when you get to the fifth part, they do touch on the UK Gladiators, which again is the one that I grew up watching and loved. The UK one was actually 10 times bigger than the American one, which was the original Gladiator series. It's really interesting and, and really sad, to be fair, because these guys, they got screwed over royally. And you know, you've know got the makers of the show, and they were thinking, well, we've got all these interesting, um, these games that we've devised, and you know the stunts and everything else. And they were thinking, well, people are tuning in week to week to see the stunts and to see the contestants. And no one's really that interested anymore in the gladiators. And as the seasons progressed before he ultimately got canceled, the network realized, well, okay, the gladiators are the stars. We do need to be featuring the gladiators more. They started bringing them back towards the end, but too little too late, unfortunately, but it's, very, very interesting. So again, it's called Muscles of Mayhem, an unauthorized story of American gladiators. Thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. Now, uh, what I've got, I finally got around to checking out that Stan Lee documentary on Disney Plus. Um, and look, I quite enjoyed it. Look, as someone who's you know quite familiar with, it's always that thing where you you watch a documentary on a person or a movie, a story or something, something that's happened that they already are familiar with and you're watching it and there's a lot of stuff that you take and you're like, oh, I kind of already knew that, so there's not much new stuff. But look, what they're presenting in this, Stanley, obviously we know the man, you know, like Mr. Marvel, you know, like he's, he's all there. And obviously there were a bunch of other big, you know, figures with the, with the journey of, of Marvel comics and stuff throughout, but obviously Stanley is the big name. Um, you know, like they're doing some creative things here with it. And look, there is a, you kind of have to watch this documentary through a certain lens and understand that what they're putting together is really just, they're really just trying to celebrate Stanley. And there is a lot of stuff to read through the lines of with certain things that have happened. But that aside, it's a nice, quaint little documentary that just kind of, captures his life early days um how he moved up through the, the company at a very young age um and just the story of sort of how the how marvel comics sort of became what it was like or what it yeah what it is today and and stuff in that little journey um again not a i'm sure it's a it's a documentary that's pr- pretty well known and that has that has come out but it's again it's Meat and potatoes, it's right there. 90 minutes of just like snapshot of Stanley, the man, his life, his journey, a few other little bits and pieces in between. Again, some little creative things that they do throughout it, like artistically with like some animations and stuff. Um, but yeah, overall, a pretty good watch for any sort of Marvel fan or someone who's interested in Stanley, the man, Stan the man. Yeah, I watched it when it first, when it was first released. I think it's, yeah, it's been out for a little while, maybe it's, a it's month. A while, yeah. Maybe, maybe a month streaming a month is a while um <laughs> i enjoyed true. it yeah it is you, you're right and it it is about stanley it's the name of the documentary it is a bit problematic and more so because and again like stanley didn't make this documentary of course he didn't but he's mm. the focus of it it does it? <laughs> it does it presents that stanley created the marvel universe 
Whereas, yes, he was a writer. And at times where he was an editor, maybe he put himself down or somebody put him down as a co-creator on certain characters. It is a bit problematic because you've got people like Steve Ditko with Mm Spider-Man, Jack Kirby with Fantastic Four, uh, Black Panther and so many others. So I can see it rubs some people up the wrong way. Yeah. And they they do address certain... Elements, they touch on it. Code. They do yeah, touch on it, but, but again, not to the extent of how actual, actually, you know, how big of an issue a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you know, I was. can't remember where I heard it, but it's always stayed with me. Like you think about all the characters that you know we did know that it created, and, and it is a lot of the the Marvel characters or the Marvel heroes that we know from the Silver Age, from the sixties. But it was something along the lines of like the best character that stanley created was stanley and you know stanley the showman <laughs> right like yeah. of course you've got spider-man all these other characters but he was out there and you know it's in the documentary like and he was really pushing comics celebrating comics and drawing attention and touring you know colleges universities in the u.s and and all of that and in it you know stan's soapbox and fans were writing in he'd write back to them and so you know, it built this thing around himself, and then of course with the MCU and all the cameos and everything else. Uh, but Marvel is and has always been more than Stanley, but obviously he contributed yeah. so much. But again, the name of this documentary is Stanley, so <laughs> you can't be surprised. Yeah, is it about Stanley? But and that, that's and that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah, it's, it's an interesting watch, especially if you, if you don't know too much about you know his journey and stuff. But at the same time, you have to watch it and just acknowledge the fact that there's so much missing and there's so yeah. much more context and details that just aren't in there. And like you said, problematic to an extent, yes. But if you just want the focus and then like a, you know, I mean, like at the same time, I'm still sitting here being like, celebrate the man, Stanley. Yeah. Is, and again, it know, is. Great, great it's a very stuff, good documentary. So. The bit that I like, really had been leaning forward and paying attention was the bit with the radio and the, they, they had Jack Kirby and Stanley on the radio together. It'd been the first time they'd spoken in a while and it was a bit back and forth, a bit awkward and it was, it was yeah. interesting. But if you want to know more than Stanley, there's a book out there, Marvel comics, the untold story. And that really gets into the nuts and bolts of what, really did happen back in so this in is the documentary stanley the told story and then that, that book the untold story yep that's good um but that's what we've got for you um and hey that's it for another episode of that film stew if you haven't already check out our other shows rewind and review and sounds like comics each of those shows also have their own facebook pages if you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and stay tuned for our upcoming review of, I'm still going to call it this, Barbenheimer. That's two reviews, Barbie <laughs> and Oppenheimer. Thanks for tuning in for another round of movie and TV news. You've been listening to Jason. And you've been listening to Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu. Yeah, see you soon. Bob and I'm out.